The Flames are about to hit the road for a four-game road trip with some brand new faces. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Today, we finally have some Calgary Flames hockey to talk about, and I'm very excited because they're in my neck of the woods, and that means I I get to enjoy some 7 p.m. starts, and we are going to talk all about the upcoming road trip. We are going to talk about the new faces joining the lineup, as well as tonight's matchup against the Boston Bruins. But before we get into all of that, please make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. We are here for you Monday through Friday, five days a week, your team every day. So the Flames are back from the All-Star break, and they are kicking things off in Boston. Four-game road trip out east. They're making stops in Boston, New Jersey, uh, the Rangers, and Manhattan, or Manhattan and Long Island, rather. This is going to be an interesting <laughs> road trip simply because you are playing two teams that are in playoff spots, being the Rangers and Boston, and then you have teams that have fallen out of the playoff picture a little bit here with the Islanders and Devils. The Islanders have kind of gotten it together a little bit, I would say, since um, hiring Patrick Waugh, and uh, they just beat Toronto last night 3-2. to two. The energy seems to be different, and we all know that sometimes a midseason coaching change can get, can get the juices flowing again. And of course, the Devils have been struggling with injury, and they are still listed as one of the top landing spots for Chris Tanev as well. And people keep linking them to Jacob Markstrom, which I find interesting, but unlikely, simply because I know that they do have that LTIR space with Dougie Hamilton gone, but I don't know if that's going to impact the rest of, you know, his contract. I I don't know if the Devils have that money to take on a $6 million contract and an additional $6 million contract on top of what they have. But tonight we're going to talk about more, more about the Bruins and how this is basically just, um, a, a practice, a scrimmage for the Bruins because they are sitting, uh, they're tied with Vancouver for first in the league point percentage. And we'll talk more about that, like I said, a little bit later. And I'm interested to see how the game against the Rangers goes. And not because, you know, your other co-host here is a Rangers fan, but because they've been in such a weird slump lately. They did win in overtime last night, but 
for a while now, it's felt like they are just kind of spiraling out of control. I feel like that might be a little too uh, dramatic of a term, simply because the team is still first in the Metro, and the Metro has proven to be, it started off as a super competitive division, and everyone was kind of uh, fighting tooth and nail for that top spot, or now it's just kind of like, okay, Carolina has had their injury issues. The Islanders have, you know, done Islander things. The Devils have gotten severely injured that they just, they can't win a game. So there's teams that are just kind of, it's all up in the air. And it doesn't feel as competitive as it did back in October. And granted, that's going to happen in any division. When uh, throughout an 82-game season, this isn't anything specific to <laughs> the Metro. It's just fascinating to me to watch something so competitive kind of tumble down. And not just not just the Rangers. It's it, Like I said, it feels like it's that entire division. It's just kind of been one thing after another. And we talk about it all the time here. Adversity builds character. And if you can pick yourself back up after, like the Flames, a four or five game losing streak, then, you know, you know you can come alive in the big moments when it matters most after a really tough playoff loss. So it's a matter of picking and choosing those battles to see if you want to pour all of your energy into declaring the season a bust when you are still sitting first in the division. But again, I think that that's just the normal reaction of sports fans. I don't know. I think that's pretty fair, but you know, the Flames are obviously going up against competitive teams, much better teams this week. And I find the timing good only because Number one, you're coming back from All-Star break, so your team is well-rested. Number two, you're on the road and you are playing against teams that are much better than you. And number three, you have a lot of new faces or returning faces coming back into your lineup, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But this is going to be a, a trial period. I think the remainder of this season is going to be a trial period for this team in sorting out the roster. But, I mean, they're five points out of a playoff spot. The luck hasn't gone in their favor yet. Why would it start to do that now? Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see. But coming up next, we are going to talk about who's back, who's returning, who is new here, who are the new faces, and what, what they each bring to the lineup. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to tell you all about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl Sunday week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season on a W, two, or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for 
which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today on Locked on Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. You can follow me on social media at Jess Belmosto. This is what I have been waiting for all season. The trades to happen, the Flames to finally pick which way they're going, Craig Conroy to kind of show what he's worth, and, of course, the players to be returning from injury. This was supposed to be Jacob Pelletier's year. What Connor Zari and Martin Pospisil have been doing, that's what was predicted for Pelts. And then, of course, he got injured the first preseason game. It was a bad shoulder injury into the boards, and I couldn't tell you which Seattle player did it because I don't even think they're on the main roster, the NHL roster. And it was just a blow to not only the fans, but to him. He talked a lot about how hard it was, like these last four months months have been, recovering and getting himself ready and being isolated pretty much. I mean, there's only so much you can do when you have your arm in a sling. And luckily, well, maybe not so luckily, he had a partner in crime to help him through this. Kevin Rune Dog Rooney also suffered a shoulder injury that would require surgery. And I believe it was the last preseason practice. So it wasn't even like this was a super physical game or a situation where, you know, you slip and fall and you walk into your car with groceries or anything like that. It was literally during a practice. And it stinks because obviously Kevin Rooney is an older, quote unquote, older player in the uh, with the team. And he does provide that veteran presence. And he was kind of projected to be that fourth line center and to kind of anchor that fourth line and keep them going considering there were more than likely going to be two young players on his wings. So that has thrown things off, but it's also given other players a chance to get comfortable in the NHL and get waived or stick with the club. Uh, Martin Pospisil, who has been with the club since Halloween, hard to believe it's been that long, um, is back from injury as well. He missed I believe the second half of January after hitting his head, which is very tough because if you don't know, he wears a tinted visor. 23, 24 years old, and he has to wear a tinted visor due to the number of head injuries he has already suffered and the concussions that he has. You always worry about head injuries because obviously we have seen the 
long-lasting effects that they have on a person, even if the league doesn't really want to tie, uh, you know, a connection and hold themselves accountable for what happens to players who develop post-concussion syndrome. And I mean, I don't, I don't believe we have had any NHL players be diagnosed with CTE the same way we have seen with football players. Do I think that a lot of that will be coming down the road in 10 to 15 years? Yeah, probably a little bit sooner. But on a brighter note, he's back. He has had a great season on Nazem Kadri's uh, wing. Him and him and Connor Zari were called up at the same time. Connor Zari, Connor Zari uh, were called up at the same time. And no one expected Pospisil to be playing in the NHL, like playing as an NHL regular this season. Everyone kind of figured it would be a sporadic call-up situation for injuries. And he has held his own. He was, at one point, he was averaging like a point and point and a half per game, which is so, like, you don't see that um, really in the Flames organization. So to see that was so refreshing. You had fun. You had, you know, even, even if the Flames were losing... You still had that cadre line to look forward to anytime they hit the ice. That line, as well as the Mangiapane, Backlund, and Coleman line, have been like your top two lines this season, which is great. Sure, you want your line with the $10.5 million player to be, <laughs> to be your best line, but sometimes the universe has different things in store for, for us. And Cole Schwint has been re recalled. Uh, Flames need some center depth. And of course, I I'm not sure if he'll be slotting into the lineup. I think it's going to either Schwint, Rooney, or Peltz are going to be the extra man, I believe, throughout this, unless, you know, something happens. I think that there, I mean, there could be room in the lineup for some configuration, but I'm it's always good to have an extra guy, uh, especially when you're on like a long road trip on the other side of the continent, which is great. And we have new faces joining the lineup. We have Andre Kuzmenko, who obviously the Flames got in return for Elias Lindholm. And Craig Conroy said that he'll be seeing a lot more ice time than he was seeing in Vancouver. So we'll be seeing him on the power play. I think that's great. I'm excited to see what gets done there, especially with a coach that is more um, open. I don't think open-minded is the right word, but he is flexible when it comes to how he uses his players. And he's not like a rigid, rigid structured, old-fashioned coach where it's like, if you make one mistake, you are on the bench. Or... I think that he kind of opens the floor for the player to contribute in ways that they find possible in the system. Like it's not, if they're not changing the system for a $10.5 million player, they're not going to change it for a guy that has been, that will be on the team for two years. However, I do think that Ryan Huska finds a way to get the most out of the players, especially when they're new to the situation. The situation's still fluid. They don't have 
anything concrete yet. Like we have seen with Kadri, uh, Pospisil, and Zeri. I think that those that line is a perfect example of why you should be optimistic about the way Huska coaches. And there's plenty, even though Kuzmeko literally just turned 28 on Sunday, there are still a lot of things to be hopeful for. Um, it, it's another guy on your team that can shoot and find the back of the net. And hopefully with more ice time, he does creep his way back up to 20 goals. Uh, I don't think anyone here is delusional that he'll be scoring <laughs> close to 40 goals again this season. But hey, you know what? They did what they needed to do to get Elias home traded, and it is now one less thing for Craig Conroy to have to worry about. And a waiver claim uh, was Braden Pahal. Uh, Vegas ended up claiming him, or waiving him rather, and the Flames claimed him. The Flames have claimed two players on waivers this season, of course, one being AJ Greer, the other being Braden Pahal. This is uh, great to see. I would assume this addition to the back end means there there is a, a trade coming because you have your you have enough defensemen on this trip where if one did get traded, it would be okay because you have extra. But two, three extra guys makes me think there will be at least one trade. And that trade is more than likely going to be Chris Tanev. I I think that's something to look forward to as well. I mean, the the penalty kill is going to be a cause for concern there. But that's something we can explore when that if and when that happens. I would just keep an eye on that. And it looks like he's projected to make his debut for the Flames tonight as well. And what more... Could we ask for then an exciting, fresh out of the gate match after the All Star break and after this team has been off for nine, ten days? Maybe they, maybe they've got something, some new pep in their step and energy injected into them. But we will have to wait and find out because tonight they play against the Boston Bruins at. TD Garden in Boston, and I have your projections coming up next. It's past the halfway point in the season, Flames fans, and we know where this team is going. So, regardless of where the Flames are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy hockey contests. I am very excited for this week. I think this is going to be a great week for goaltenders and, of course, you know, Easy money is always Connor McDavid. And all you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, or McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. 
You heard me, Flames fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. This is my Stanley Cup. This is my, this is what I wait for all season. Typically, uh, I go to Boston for the game. But this this year didn't line up that way. For those of you who don't know, I'm originally from Boston and uh, grew up a Bruins fan. So, I, like, this is a win-win situation for me, right? The Flames win. Uh, uh, great. You beat a really good team. And if the Bruins win, <laughs> great. Like, you beat a really bad team. And at least the Flames can potentially move up in, in the draft or move up in the Tankathon event. But I love this. I think that this is going to be a, a fun game, especially like Kevin Rooney. This is his hometown and it is his first game back. Uh, Noah Hannafin. There has always been connections for Noah Hannafin to be traded back to his hometown team. I think that's just a natural like progression and uh, narrative surrounding any player in their hometown but both players would I mean help the team out more than they would hurt them I guess but according to Julian McKenzie the lines are projected to look like this you have Huberto, Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko on your top line and Zeri Kadri Pospisil as your second line Mangiapani, Backlund, and Coleman as your trusty third line. And your third line is going to look a, a little different, potentially, because it, we're not sure if it's going to be Rooney or Jacob Pelletier, along with Schwint and Walker Dewar. That fourth line, you have to remember, they're not seeing much ice time to begin with, and I think it's going to be great for... All of those guys, uh, really, I mean, Rooney and Pelletier specifically to get those reps in and get, you know, refamiliarize themselves with the pace of the NHL after being gone for four months. So I don't, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. I know, I know the expectations for Pelletier is high, but like you, you genuinely have to refocus and be like, okay, number one. He's missed four months. Number two, it is the middle of the season. Number three, he's coming off shoulder surgery. So it's going to take a little bit for him to get comfortable using that shoulder at the NHL level and the frequency you need to shoot. On the back end, you have Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weger, Hannafin and Tanev as your second pair. Your third pair looks like it's going to be Oliver Shillington and Braden Pahal. And your extras will be Osterley and Gilbert. I am more than fine with that. I, I really like those. Uh, I mean, the top top four is great. It's weird to think that that second pairing might not be here in a week or a month. 
But, I mean, they have enough. They have enough to get them through. And while Craig Conroy, like, isn't counting this team out of a playoff spot, I I think that he's realistic about it. And that's that's important because we need to remember that the luck has not swung their way all season. Why would it start now sort of situation? And especially when you're kicking off (laughs) this road trip that is uh, against a team that is tied for first with Vancouver in points percentage. And they, (laughs) this record sounds fake. 31, 9, and 9. Could you imagine only having nine regulation losses? To me, I feel like the Flames hit that within like the first six, seven weeks of the season. And it, it was over. And only, wow, nine regulate or nine overtime losses. That pretty sure that's the same as the Flames, actually. Let me look that up really quick. Actually, I lied. The Flames only have five overtime losses. I mean, granted, uh, not great, but it, it's much better than the 17 that they had last season and much better than nine, I suppose. But with the Flames, you have uh, you you do have to worry about how many penalties they take tonight. Simply because Boston has a great power play and you don't want to be down a player to a team <laughs> that is this good. They they have been kind of riddled with injuries throughout the season. Uh, Derek Forbert, former Flame, made a quick stop here uh, after during a trade deadline move a few years ago, has been injured pretty much all season. And it kind of feels like the goaltenders have also been dealing with like ongoing injuries. I don't really know specifics. I know that they've both missed time. And there have definitely been times where you're like, oh, you're not you're not playing 100% healthy. Trent Frederick, that's going to be my player to watch tonight because of the pest that he is. He has really picked up his offensive abilities as well. He's been scoring goals left and right. I thought that last season his uh, I think he had like 20 20 plus goals. I thought that might have been a fluke and I just kind of wrote it off kind of saying, yeah, that's not happening again. Well, I was wrong. He is playing really well. He's playing really in the top 6, top 9 minutes and that is mo- higher than I think most people projected, especially with his uh, development in the AHL. And you're he hmm, he's like a pest. Not he's in between like Matthew Kachuk and Brad Marchand. Like he definitely finds a way to get under player skin. It doesn't matter if you are a big name in the NHL or like an AHL call up. He will he, he'll do anything to get under your skin and uh, he does it well and quickly here. Uh, <laughs> David Posternock leads the team with 72 points, and behind him is Marchand with 47. Um, good luck. I think that that's going this is going to be a fun game. I hope that the Flames bring their energy. Maybe, maybe they get lucky and the Bruins play down. Uh, I know that that sometimes happens, they get a little too comfortable. So maybe the Flames get lucky here. 
maybe not. And I just, I just hope that everyone has fun. Like <laughs> truly this, I hope that the flames do start this, this half of the season off on a high note. I think that they could really use that, especially after that last home stretch, but let's, let's have some fun. Let's score some goals. Stay out of the penalty box. And if you do, please score shorthanded goal, Blake Coleman. We are all counting on you or Michael Backlund. But that does it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, I am your host, Jess Belmosto. And thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And I... We'll see you tomorrow as we continue through this East Coast road trip.